Welcome to Content Etc, a podcast to help you work through the challenges of marketing your creative small business. I'm your host, journalist and copywriter Michelle Gately from Word by Word Storytelling. I want to help you feel really excited about the content marketing process so you can feel confident in it and know that it's not just something else to cross off your to-do list. I'm all about the gentle and sustainable growth, so if you're after quick hacks and one-size-fits-all templates, then this is not the place for you. My mission is to help you create content marketing that's actually interesting, feels and sounds authentic, not just like a sales robot, and has just a little sprinkle of strategic magic. I want to help you feel really great about your content so that you can show your dream clients why you're their perfect match. Let's get started. Hello, welcome back to Content Etc. And it has been a little while since I recorded anything because I recorded a bunch of episodes for you to air while I was overseas. Then we extended our stay slightly and honestly, it has just been so hard to get back into normal life after seven weeks off which, you know, I'm not going to complain about having time off, but boy, has real life sort of hit me hard. So for this episode, I'm going to be revisiting an old episode from, I think, 2020 that I just found so, so helpful. And I hope you'll find it helpful as well. And then next episode as well will hopefully also be an interview. And then I'll take another little break for Christmas and hopefully get back into the swing of releasing weekly again in the new year. So today we are chatting all about sales pages. So Natalia Toborek is the founder of Storyline, a copywriting studio for creative entrepreneurs. And we just really seemed to gel on the sort of ethical approach to marketing. So I've been I had been following her for a while. And when I saw she was doing a workshop back in 2020 about sales pages, I thought this is what I need. So I signed up for the workshop and honestly was one of the most valuable things that I've ever bought in my business. And I constantly refer back whenever I need to write a sales page, I refer back to the amazing workbook that she put together. Now, obviously that workshop is no longer on sale. So I've taken out sort of references to that in this episode, But the tips that Natalia is sharing about writing sales pages, the discussion we have about writing sales pages with sort of a human first approach and an ethical standpoint while still making sales is still going to be really relevant to you. So Natalia, like me, is actually also not working full time in her business at the moment. So Natalia is working as a writer at a global tech company and she's helping to shape brand narratives across different stages of the user journey. And she's also just moved from Dublin to Amsterdam in the Netherlands, which is amazing. So while the workshop isn't on anymore and Natalia's not full-time in her business at the moment taking on those bigger projects that she used to, she is still offering one-to-one aligned copy audits. So these are like an hour-long session where you can discuss things like your sales page or your website copy or any other messaging questions. So I will, of course, leave a link to that in the notes for this episode because she is also working on sort of bringing back her storyline website and 
gosh, I just totally get the juggle (laughs) as well. So I just wanted to flag that while Natalia isn't sort of as full on in her business and um, as full time as she used to be like me, she's still working away in the background and she's still going to be a really useful source of information. The same goes for her Instagram. So like me, she's been a little bit quiet on there. You can find her at Storyline on Instagram, but the stuff that she shared on there already is going to be so helpful. And I'm actually going to link in the episode notes to a discussion about what is content and what is copy, which is one of the first things that we kick off this episode with because it's just super helpful. So go and check her out on there. Stay tuned for her relaunched website and get your notepad out because I'm sure that this episode is going to be so full of tips. Um, It's just been a pleasure to go back and listen to this and remember how helpful it was in the beginning. I will say the audio quality on Natalia's end isn't as good as I would have hoped listening back to it, but trust me, it is so worth persisting because it is really, really valuable information there. So without further ado, I will let you listen to my chat with Natalia. So welcome, Natalia. Uh, Please tell us a little bit about what you do. Hey, so nice to be here. I am an avid listener of Content Etc., so I'm super excited to be here today. So yeah, if um, if anybody hasn't met me yet, um, my name's Natalia. I run a copywriting and content writing studio called Storyline. And I, I work primarily with service-based businesses. So like photography studios, consultants, designers, um, online educators. And we basically come together to create brand stories, get their services on the market. Um, and yeah, I'm also really passionate about mindful marketing and ethical marketing and um, just selling their services in a kinder way mindful of people's feelings (laughs) (laughs) which is why you're the perfect fit for this podcast so yeah no this is we've we've connected on a lot of different things and we have a very similar outlook on on things when it comes to marketing so this is sales page but without the ickiness of like selling which is which I think is probably what most people listening will want to know more about. So let's start though with a very basic question. This is something that I've mixed up in the past. Um, I use the terms copy and content interchangeably because as a journalist, like everything you write is just called copy. Like um, everything you put in every story is just like, can I have a look at your copy? Is your copy ready? All this sort of stuff. So I didn't really understand the difference and you know listening to this podcast I've probably used them in the wrong wrong ways before just because of my background but what is the difference between copy and content? I actually created a reel that did really well on this because I just knew that a lot of people are wondering about that and it's so funny because I know in journalism it is mostly copy but then in the digital marketing world I found that people always use content for everything so it's a little bit funny how it's almost the opposite but I, I do think it's okay to use them interchangeably now. Um, so don't worry if you are not sure. Um, but it, it's, it's funny because it's a bit of that, like a square is a rectangle type of thing. Basically, copy is a form of content. So I would say everything that you put online um, in terms of your words is content. And then copy is just that like little step extra that has selling in mind. So the way I kind of explain it is, it's all about the intention behind your words. 
So if you are looking to sell something, whether that's directly or maybe indirectly as well, um, that would be copy. So things like your website, um, your sales pages, your ad copy, and um, maybe some sales emails that you're sending out. So those would be copy. Whereas content is more about telling or sharing information. You know, things like blog posts, I know you do um, blogging, coaching and things like that. So this would be your area of expertise. Um, so I guess the purpose is to build trust and show that you know what you're talking about and also just build a relationship with your reader. So selling is kind of still on the table. Obviously, we're not trying to waste our time writing blogs <laughs> without the idea of you know, selling something down the line, but it does come later in the process. So it kind of taking a more candid approach. Um, so the way I also simply kind of explain it is that content tells and copy sells. So that's just yeah. the easiest way to remember it. I'm definitely going to um, have to put a link to your reel in the show notes as well, because I, I think I messaged you and was just like, this is so genius. I love it. Like it was just the most easy way to explain that distinction. But I think it's really good the way that you say, you know, copy is is a form of content. Um, and yeah, of course, you want to be strategic about your content. That's what I talk about on this podcast. But it's like that next level and that next step. Um, so why do you think it's important to look at copy with a distinct sort of separate but connected strategy to the rest of your marketing? That's a really good question because I think when someone is first starting a business, usually the first thing that they think about is their website and they just kind of want to get something out there um, and make sure that they have a presence in mind. So maybe later they can focus on uh, creating blog posts and things like that, but they just want to distill their idea into words. Um, so that's really, really important, actually, because copy is used to affect your brand perception. And usually our brand perception comes from our customers and our community on social media and stuff. And we don't have much control over it. And we don't really have control over how that narrative is played out. But if you are strategic in your copy, you can actually tell people very clearly what you do and why you do it, why you're the person person who should be helping them with a particular problem that they might be having it's a way for you to help people make up their mind about your brand I think it's very helpful and um, because often we just can't control what people think about us and obviously we buy into stories so if you're clear on your story from the outset like people will remember that and I think for example if you run a business with sustainable values if you're really clear on communicating that on your website people are going to remember it and then whenever they see your content, um, maybe on social media or one of your emails, they'll remember that and they'll kind of connect you um, with that copy. And same with, you know, if you're a service provider and you do things a little bit differently than other people um, in your industry. And if you kind of show that in your copy, then you're going to be able to um, be connected with that in their minds. So, yeah, I guess it's just having a strategy with your copy lets you shape your message and uh, show your business in pretty good light, a flattering light, which I think we all kind of want to feel confident about anyway. Yeah, so I guess it's the stuff that we also grow up seeing like the big brands do and like we've in turn like, like you know, Nike and Apple and all that sort of stuff, you could tell someone else about that. So it's like just distilling it down to like the most simple way to communicate your brand message. Exactly, something that's memorable and compelling and it's going to make them um, associate those maybe taglines or slogans with you. So, yeah, it's just for that brand recognition. So, as I said before, we're 
we wanted to talk specifically about sales pages. Now, I hadn't heard of a sales page um, until I started my own business because obviously I wasn't actually in marketing before. Um, so again, answer my basic question, please. What is a sales page? And also like, why would I need one? When would I need to use one? Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of us are the same. You know, we hear all these buzzwords when we first go into business and you know, suddenly we need all of these things. Like we suddenly need sales pages and leads and follows and <laughs> strategies and everything. And we're not really sure what we need and what we don't. Um, so I guess if, if I'm working with a service provider, a very basic example is their service page. So where you essentially outline the services that you sell or the products that you sell. And um, I do think sales pages are more helpful for service-based businesses than product-based businesses. Because, and I know you're a service provider as well, so I'm sure you know this, when you don't have a physical product to market, it's really hard to show the value of that thing, especially if it's a program or um, something like the Podcast Academy. I know it's like, it's really hard to um, show exactly what somebody's going to get out of it. So a sales page is essentially the landing page on your website where you send people to get all of the information they need. and. Um, and, and to essentially show the value of your offer. Um, so yeah, it just allows you to make a really great first impression and um, provide all the information people need to make a decision, an informed decision. Um, and I think they get a bit of a bad act sometimes because they can seem really formulaic and we kind of still associate selling with that sleazy kind of marketing strategy um, and, and all of those like buy now buttons, you know, and, and things that shame us into buying something that maybe we don't need. But I think as service-based businesses, we can do it in a really mindful way. People always ask me what a sales page should look like. And I think it really depends on the kind of business you're running and your offer. So if, for example, if you're selling a workshop, maybe you don't need a full sales page. It could be something like your Eventbrite um, event page, that's also a sales page because essentially people are buying from that. Um, and then maybe if you're selling a program or um, a course or anything like that, you want to include more information so you'll go a little bit long form with it. And yeah, essentially you're just trying to cover all the bases and run through all of the decision-making factors. So, you know, who is for, why they should buy it, <laughs> why you're the right person. Um, so yeah. Product-based businesses with your product page and your listing, it's sort of like a sales page, but often you'll have pretty pictures to look through. And if a buyer is anything like me, they'll mainly just look at the pretty pictures. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm the same, you know, and I think obviously sales pages still have the pretty product uh, photography or, you know, your beautiful face on them. But um, it's really more about the words because you really have to persuade somebody in a way. So just show that value um, with your words. And that's really difficult. So I actually find selling services is quite difficult because you have to show up and, um, and, and share the value of something you're not really sure how to explain. So I actually find having a sales page in place gives me peace of mind because I have all of the details there and they're just handy and somebody can just read through that and make a decision without me having to get on multiple sales calls and things like that because I don't love that way of selling myself. Everybody's different, but for me, I'm like a real introvert. So um, I prefer to just have like a big page full of details for somebody to look through and be like, okay, yeah, I want to buy this. I think I'm interested and yeah. um, maybe I have a few more questions, but overall I'm good. 
But again, having the sales page there and having done the work, putting that together makes talking about it easier because you've sort of condensed all your thoughts into that space. Exactly. And yeah, like I said, it's, it's, it's a win-win because it's helpful for um, your leads and it's helpful, helpful for you when you're marketing your offer. So um, I think they're great, honestly. I'm a little bit biased, but I think they're fab. <laughs> I really like the idea of like, because like you said, they do get a bit of a bad rep and I want to make it like really valuable and helpful, not like, ill gross me trying to sell things. Um, so you know, as I just said, people might feel uncomfortable with that. Um, and I think the worry there is maybe not sounding authentic, feeling like you are being too formulaic um, and they might be turned off the idea of a sales page because of a formula. However, I sort of know also from doing content stuff that formulas exist for a reason to make our life easier. What would you say um, are some of your top tips for writing an effective sales page that still feels like you, doesn't feel like you're just following a script how do we do that yeah so I, I really like what you said you know formulas can help they help for a reason like firstly so that you have a template to follow and it's just easier to write it if you kind of know what you're doing so um I, I do have one that I always use for my clients and then tweak for you know individuals so it doesn't sound too um too out of the box um but at the same time, it, it's also helpful because the formula is designed to address specific decision-making factors. And I think there's a lot of sales psychology that goes into a sales page formula. I think it's funny because at the end of the day, we all want to sell um, and, and we do all want to sell our services and we want to make sure that the hard work that we put into them pays off in the end. So um, I, I think... I still have a lot of hang-ups about it. I know we chatted before the podcast and I know that you find the same and I know a lot of our clients do as well. And we still think of selling as like a really dirty word. You know, it doesn't have to mean laziness, um, using fear-based marketing or scarcity tactics. You're not, you know, forcing anybody to work with you. What it's, it's kind of about reframing it and thinking that, okay, the people who follow me uh, want to hear from me and the people who actually go to the sales page are the ones who are interested in buying my stuff so they're the ones who are reading it so you're essentially writing it for them and obviously you want to make sure that it aligns with who you are and your values but I think a really good tip to think about is that you are solving a problem um, and you know whenever you're writing you're, you want to think about pain points that your audience are having um, but you also want to think about the desires that they have and where they want to be and when you really have a clear idea of the transformation that your offer or your service course digital product whatever it might be um what they are going to get out of it and how they're going to feel once they've accomplished that thing that they really want to accomplish that can help direct you as well when you're writing it because i just think it gives you confidence that what you're doing has value so that's i guess the mindset stuff <laughs> and then in terms of strategy um and kind of writing in a way that doesn't feel too sleazy and um, something that i don't like to overuse in sales pages that i write is scarcity tactics so i think i mentioned before it's just about making um like creating a false sense of um you know time's running out there's only like two spaces left sometimes that is true and sometimes it's not and i know uh, I could name a few brands off the top of my head that have an endless countdown on their website that just creates that pressure. 
So I guess being mindful of that and, and being mindful of how that makes people feel. Um, um, and I think as small business owners, we kind of have that built in. Um, we have that feeling of, okay, I don't want to pressure anybody. So how can I make this actually feel, you know, ethical and, and just feel good? So, yeah, so not overusing those typical salesy things like doors closing five minutes. If you don't do it, you're a loser. Because <laughs> 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 I have actually seen sales pages like that where someone's like, okay, if you don't join now, you're basically going to fail a business. So, yeah, because yeah, <laughs> there's a difference too between saying like there's a limit to this program because I mean, I and I always say that I'm like, okay, you know, there are five spots because it's a one on one thing and I yeah. obviously can't work with like not that I have millions of people lining up to work with me or anything, but if I did, <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a limit um, and there's there's a difference between saying like, here's the facts, there are a limit. And I did that, that with my recent launch because I was like, I have to plan things, so I need to put an end date on this. Um, there's a difference between letting people know that and being like, and if you don't do it, then you're a failure. Like, I think there's such a big difference between that and I'm not about that at all because the timing might not be right for you now but like I'm still going to be here and like ready to welcome you in if you want to work with me in the future like it just seems really it makes me feel gross it makes it makes me feel gross when I see it as a consumer so I don't ever want to make anyone feel that way with my sales exactly. page so, and that's yeah. like that's a moral compass that we can all stick to I think because we kind of realize when something feels icky for us and then we can choose not to display that same type of marketing in our own work. So being mindful of people's investment. Um, I really like what you said there about, you know, not everybody's going to want to work with you straight away. They might not have the resources to work with you straight away. So um, whenever you're using language around investment, just be mindful that not everybody has, you know, thousand dollars to work with you straight away and not pressuring them to make that decision before they're ready so yeah I guess just stick to your gut feeling about it and market the way that you want to be marketed to as well um, yeah absolutely um what are some of the most important things you would say need to be included on a sales page so um you want to kick things off I think with a really strong elevator pitch um, so if you were, you know, meeting somebody in person and they just really want to know about your service, but they don't have much time, what would you say to them? Like, what's the most important thing that um, they need to take away from that and in order to know what your offer is about? So um, just something that piques their interest and makes them think, okay, I want to keep reading. I think that's a really good starting point. And then I would say you need to go into... Um, the person that you are looking to attract. You definitely want to talk a little bit about who they are, um, whether they're the right fit, um, so that they can recognize themselves in your words and then um, essentially decide from the very beginning whether this is something they're interested in. Um, and then I think that any sales page is so much stronger when pain points and desires are reflected. Now, I know we talked about this a lot in marketing, so it's a bit of a buzzword, like your audience's pain points, but essentially it's just the problem that they're having, like somewhere they're feeling stuck that you know that you can help with. Um, so I guess talking to them in their own language there is really important. And um, you've probably done some market research or um, something by this point, so you know what people are looking to help with before they book with you. 
Um, and then I would say you really need like an overview of your offer and what's included. So almost like give them a tour of what it's like once they book. So, you know, if you're running a six week program, you might show them what's included in every week. Um, you might tell them if there are like one-on-one -on -one calls and you know how many people like those logical bits as well. But then you also need to go into the emotion and like why this is valuable and why this is the structure that you chose. Um, so yeah, I guess just addressing why um, somebody can benefit from that particular service. And then I think something that's really, really important is social proof. So um, if you've worked with other people and you've helped them achieve great results, like for example, if you've worked with podcasting clients, you might include some testimonials from them. And um, if you have like a certification or something like that, or for example, if you have a background in journalism, so you know how to interview people. So that's another piece of social proof that you're going to sprinkle over your copy. Um, and that kind of brings me on to as well who you are. So you do need to include a little bio. And I think some sort of pages, um, you're mostly going to be um, bringing people in from social media, people who already kind of know who you are. But then other sales pages, you might direct people to take ads or Pinterest or places like that. So you just want to make sure that you're, um, I guess, addressing the new people in your audience and the people who uh, already kind of know who you are and just including that little bio for the people who don't know you. And then I would also have a frequently asked questions thing at the end so that you can kind of, and, and actually this is, a funny thing um, that people often ask me about is what they should include in their FAQs. And usually they think that it's just genuinely the FAQ that people ask them. Um, and, you know, if you're launching a product or uh, um, a service for the first time, you might not have any FAQs and you might think, okay, this isn't valuable. But really what it is, is like by the time someone has scrolled to the bottom of your sales page, what are the key points that you want to reiterate? The things around, you know, how much it costs, how much face time they're going to get with you, where the calls happen, if you're running a program with calls or, you know, what platform you're using for your course, things like that. So just to um, address all of those final details so that people have this complete picture of what your offer is about. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it's I think it's definitely something that we all need to think about as well, because it's unrealistic as much as I want everyone to just want to work with me without any effort whatsoever on my part, is, that is very unrealistic. Um, <laughs> so yeah, sales pages are are necessary and they don't have to, I'm, you know, a big believer that, it, you know, marketing doesn't have to be hard and stuff. And yet I still find sales pages hard. So I'm, I'm working on flipping that sort of, you know, switch for lack of a better word and making it like, okay, something that can, can be, if not fun, they're not absolutely evil either. So yeah, hopefully that's what people will take away from this chat. Um, so I know you just gave us like a bit of an overview of what should be included, but can we sum everything up with like your three top tips for writing a really amazing sales page that converts people into paying customers? All of the stuff that I've mentioned, all of the things you need to include, it sometimes causes problems for people how to structure that. Um, so I think the best structure is like, think of a layer cake. So you start off with your frosting and that's going to be like your offer. Um, and then you just layer it through with different, um, you know, pain points, logical aspects. So things like addressing investment and time and cost and all of those things. 
then you want to disperse in some um, social proof, some calls to action. You just want to layer it all so that it is just visually interesting and also just um, keeps people reading. Um, so that's one tip is just don't block like loads of text in and then have all of your like fun stuff at the bottom. And then another thing is that people have their left side of the brain and their right side. So you have to appeal to both emotion and logic. Um, so I think something that people often get stuck on is features versus benefits of their service. So the features would be things like your um, the amount of hours that you provide in your course content or you know the amount of one-on-one -on -one time with you and all of those shiny things that you know you put so much work into and you've kind of planned out in advance um, and you're really proud of this thing you're offering um, but then you want to take that a step further and think of the emotional transformation that you're going to provide so um, kind of layering that up and making sure that you're kind of like creating logic and emotions and logic again because um, that's going to keep people interested. And what I find as well is um, whenever I'm buying something, I initially have that emotional reaction and then I go back to the logic and I question, okay, do I really need it? Is this for me? All of those things. So people are going to have that process as they scroll through your page. So being mindful of that is really make yourself page more effective and just get people to the bottom because that's essentially the main purpose of, of writing a sales page is to get people to the bottom so that they know all of the details they need to have to make an informed decision. And if they kind of tap out at the beginning, it's harder for them to actually make up their mind. So yeah, just making sure that all of those decision factors are uh, factored in. Um, and then my third one, and I think it's similar to your process with blogging and podcasting, is just research more than you think you need to. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that means like researching your um, your market, your audience, and um, maybe other products or services that are similar. Um, make sure that you know what other people are doing, not in a way that you copy them, but so that you can kind of be a little bit different. Um, and that could mean you know being different in terms of the people you serve or the things you offer or just how you position your offer. Um, so just making sure that it doesn't sound too flimsy to everybody else. And then also just research uh, the actual thing that you're creating so so that you can talk about it and so, so you feel confident and know that you know what you're talking about. Because um, that shows in your copy as well. That's so helpful. Thank you so much for joining me today. Please also just let people know where they can follow you online too. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm at Storyline on Instagram. Um, my website is storyline.com. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank Wonderful. you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Content Etc. If you head over to wordbywordstorytelling.com forward slash blog, you'll find a blog version of this episode. There'll be links to anything I've mentioned in this episode in the show notes on your podcast app. If you enjoyed this episode, please let me know by tagging me in your stories on Instagram, where I'm at wordbywordstorytelling. And let me know what your biggest takeaway is from this episode. If you know someone who would enjoy listening to the show, please tell them about it. Word of mouth is still one of the most powerful forms of podcast recommendation. Make sure you're following the podcast to get the next episode as soon as it drops.